Good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. We're on episode 11. Uh, we're going to discuss the North London derby. Uh, we're going to discuss the uh, upcoming Europa League game in the snow and answer some of the questions that have been posted on our Facebook and Twitter. It's all three of us again. Uh, we've got, it says on here, Arsene Wenger, but it's actually Mike. And uh, and we've got Manny. Man, Manny. Manny's a Manny down. <laughs> he's uh, he's not very well. Hi, guys. How you doing? Alive, barely. <clears throat> barely, but I can't do anything about it. Good evening, sir. How are you, boys? I've got a song that'll cheer you up. <laughs> <laughs> Not even two minutes into it. <laughs> That's a re- I know Manny's smiling no, right now. I'm really not. I'm really not. But yeah, let's get to it. Let's get to it. <laughs> Right. So, right, we're going to talk about uh, a few different things. We've got obviously got the prediction league to. to oh, sorry. <laughs> my mouse is stuck. <laughs> Fergus got excited. No, my mouse got stuck. This new silent mouse is causing me more aggro than than, than anything else. So we're uh, going to talk about the Prediction League. So we had the Prediction League. I don't think anybody got any points. Um, I'm still on eight. I got six. Manny got one. None of us predicted the score. <laughs> yeah, you, you predicted we'd lose, didn't you, Manny? Shut up. <laughs> I didn't. I said we'd win 3-2. Yeah. yeah, just checking, just checking. So, uh, what's our predictions for the Man City game? We're playing. Well, we've got the Europa League game, which we'll cover when we when we briefly go through that. But the Man City game, should we do prediction for that now, or we do that uh, next week? I say I say we do it closer to the match, just so we can take into consideration the uh, roster or the, the the list of players that are going to be available, and let's see how we do against. Uh, the Swedes in the snow first. The Swedes in the snow. So what did you make of um, the North London derby? My note on here says North London is still red um, with the spilled blood of Arsenal getting done by a one-man team with no trophies. Um, and that spins on to your uh, um, blog that you do, Mike, where um, you mentioned that the media are lovies of um, Tottenham Hotspur at the moment. Yet again, yes, they have improved. Potticino's done well. They've got some good players. But they won fuck all. And we get criticised for it. Yeah. I'll leave the floor <laughs> open to you. It was, uh, I mean, for those of you who did read it, um, it was more of a frustration and event for me. But it's, yes, we've been stagnant over the last, uh, some will say, 10 12, 13 years, um, we've had our ups and downs, but the reality is it is that they've finished above us once in 21 years, I believe, or 22 years, and potentially this might be the second year that they do it. They haven't done it yet, so let's wait and see how that finishes out, but I mean, the media is just so obsessed with them, it's so frustrating to the point where 
Wenger was criticized and mocked and has been for years. You know, finishing top four is considered a trophy for, for Arsenal. And, you know, it's not good enough uh, and everything else. And he's gone on to win the FA Cup uh, in recent years multiple times. Uh, manager with the most FA Cup titles. And now, all of a sudden, Pochettino and, and, and has... The t- and the team with the most FA Cup titles as well. Correct. And now Pochettino has Spurs playing a good brand of football. No one can deny that. Um, they are on the up. We can all agree to that as well. They've, they've definitely made some significant strides over the years, and they're definitely improving. But back to it all, I mean, they haven't won anything, right? So now all of a sudden, why is finishing in the top four a huge accomplishment where Arsene Wenger's been doing it for 20-some-odd years, 20, 21 years, with uh, limited funds during the, the the time frame where we were building the stadium, which most likely is a situation that Spurs won't go through given the money that they're going to get from the NFL um, as part of the, the stadium deal. So it's just frustrating to see how, for some, it's acceptable, and for others, it's not. I think it just reiterates the fact that the English media... Um, is somewhat in bed with Pochettino and Harry Kane, all those guys at the moment. I'm going to pass the pass the mic over to Manny because I know he's uh, sitting in his chair, ready to ready to jump on this one. Jumping what what up were your bit. thoughts? <laughs> no, not really, not really. I don't, I don't, I, I don't see anything wrong with what you wrote. Um, I think it was pre-spot, and I mean, you're looking at it, and they are jumping all over the fact that they've got a team that are turning around their fortunes a little bit. And in that team, you have Harry Kane, who's the darling of English football, and you've got Deli Ali as well, so two big English stars. So they're just throwing their back in on them. Bearing in mind, like you said, they haven't done anything significant apart from finish above us and put a little bit of pressure on, on the top. That's it. But if you look at it, you know, whenever you have a story where you can badmouth Arsenal and Arsene Wenger. Everyone's going to jump at it and everyone's going to do the same thing. You can look on the Mirror, the Daily Mail, the Sun, Sky Sports, Metro, everywhere where you can jump on Arsenal and make some money out of it, they're going to do it. So I agree with what you said. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, and I think the the frustrating thing for me as well is uh, Pochettino has been quoted a couple of times within the last couple of weeks. Uh, one of the comments that he made was um, around the whole diving dilemma. And uh, the end of his quote was something along the lines of, uh, I thought the, the point of football was to uh, trick your opponents, right? And by trick, he was essentially condoning um, diving, which was a frustrating thing. And um, he also made a comment about uh, football's not all about winning titles. And if I'm not mistaken, Wenger's been quoted saying that multiple times over the last, you know, over his time since he's been at Arsenal, but more so since we've struggled or since we haven't won the title. And again, he's been crucified and dragged through the mud for these similar comments. And all of a sudden, when Pochettino says it, it's like, oh, you know, the man's got a point. The guy's brilliant. He's a fantastic manager. He knows what he says. He knows what he does. So again, why does it, why do certain rules apply to some guys and the same rules don't apply to others. I think they're just um, currently the the flavour of the week, aren't they? So like, look at Mourinho uh, a few years back. Everyone thought he was uh, the dog's bollocks and he he was such an entertaining, charismatic. Now people just think he's just contrary, uh, you know, and he's, he's playing with the press and using um, per- 
protection, Manny. What do you reckon? You know what? I wanted to bring up um, the diving comments. Had Wenger made those same comments, the media will be all over it, slaughtering his name. The fact that Pochettino got away with saying this, right? Because you look, you're looking for, you know, pundits reactions and you're looking for people to speak about it, like on the Sunday supplement and those sort of football shows. And no one's mentioned it. No one's really spoken about it. And he's just been allowed to say it and get away with it. It's part of the game. But I mean, come on, where is the consistency here? Um, whatever, whatever. That's the media for you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I feel your pain, Manny. So we're into the 195th North London derby, 52 for Arsene Wenger. Um, he's lost eight um, and he's played against 11 different managers. It's the first time in 25 years uh, that Arsenal faced Tottenham at Wembley because remember, Tottenham are shit, as the Germans said, and they we say it back to them and they say it back to us and we say it back to them. Um, but it is the first time in 25 years since uh, we played them. Uh, we had Shaq and El Nenny in the centre. Um, thoughts, guys? I I guess I'll go first. Um, I Shaq El and El Nenny has worked in the past. Um, I th- I think it it can work. I just don't think we did it right and we've had these inconsistencies and I'm sure we'll get into it um, throughout the rest of the podcast but we were just sitting I felt we were sitting too deep and I think it worked in the first half uh, because we were organized Uh, we were deep um, but everyone stuck to their tasks everyone knew what their role was everyone you know got their job done and that's why I think the fact that we were sitting so deep and we were organized eliminated a lot of their threats. But and then we suffered going forward because one, when we get the ball forward, we didn't have that killer pass and we weren't really on the front foot more often than we should have. Um, and I think that's that's what made it work in that first half. But ideally, and we've had this discussion in the past in previous games when they were in the on the pitch together, uh, all we had to do is really push the back line up five yards, push El Nenny up five yards. And, and Wenger has this obsession recently of sliding El Nenny back when we don't have the ball to almost play a five at the back with three center backs and two outside backs. But what did you think about playing uh, four at the back? Well, we've been playing three at the back for ages and we played three in the back against um, Tottenham in the home game uh, and we benched Kolasniak. I wasn't upset with the, the formation, to be honest. I just think the tactics were wrong in the second half. I think the tactics were right in the first half. Again, we were the away team. I would have liked to see us get further up to pitch more, um, but we expected to give them the possession of the ball and um, hit them on the counterattack with the pace that we have now with Obama Yang and him playing on the shoulder of the last defender. I just, as soon as they scored that goal, though, all of those tactics went out the window and we went to shit. And unfortunately, we weren't able to fix it from there. That was into the second half, but looking at the first half, yes, I agree. I think tactically we played pretty well in the sense that we absorbed some pressure. It was quite even. Um, I was hoping we'd come out in the second half and and that we'd we'd push on. I actually said to, I was in my local pub. My local pub is uh, in Essex, so it's uh, quite a lot of um, swamp-dwelling Tottenham fans. A few wish damn. And... um, 
and a few few Arsenal it was actually quite busy. I, I sent you a picture of uh, of how busy it was. It's one of the busier games I've seen, especially for such an early kickoff. Um, but I said to uh, a couple of Tottenham fans around me and and some neutrals, I was expecting at the second half for us to come out and push on and and. Tottenham just come out and done exactly what we should have done. Go on, Manny, what do you think? First things first, <clears throat> there's more Arsenal fans in Tottenham than actual Tottenham fans. I just want to put that out there. So the fact that you were surrounded by Tottenham fans in Essex, that makes no surprise to me. Um, in that first half, I thought our tactics were spot on. You know, because I was expecting Tottenham to come out and really take the game to us. So I didn't have any issues um, with the tactics. I would have wanted us to attack just a little bit more because we could get in behind them. I mean, we had that one offside and I'm putting that in quotation marks because I don't believe it was offside. But Let, We'll discuss that one as well in a second. Carry on what you're saying, but I do want to discuss that because we did have a text conversation over it. Yeah, no, I think that our tactics in the first half was spot on. There was, I didn't have any problems with it. The game felt a little bit weird in that first half. I was telling you guys, I was like, this doesn't really feel like a North London derby. It just felt weird. The atmosphere was weird. The game was a bit slow and, and dead and mainly due to our tactics but I, I didn't have anything there, wrong with that there was a lot of a lot of talk of there was a lot of talk of um, among the away support that the atmosphere as you said was weird they said it was flat um, that there was more half and half scarfs uh, at a North London derby how can you like a half and half scarf first of all I think our Silly. If you're a tourist and you're just on, on, you know, you're in London or you're in Barcelona and you're going to see a game, you buy it as a souvenir. But if you're a genuine football fan, and especially an away fan, what you're doing wearing a half and half scarf and to have Tottenham on half your neck. Uh, what the fuck? I mean, even the, just the thought of it has given me a headache. I couldn't have anything. You were ill anyway. Yeah, exactly. But I couldn't have anything with Tottenham, even with their colours. Nothing of them. They make me sick. Like, this is genuine hatred. And I hope you can hear it in my voice. Right? Genuine hatred for that disgusting piece of, you know what? I'm going to keep my language together for now. But you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I do. I love it. Man, he's getting worked up. Yeah, he said he was looking forward to this one, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's had a few days off ill. <laughs> I love it. And he needs to get his vent his frustration to hurt somebody. So <laughs> that offside, um, I looked at it initially. And when I saw it initially, um, I thought he's not offside. I then... Uh, with our text conversation, I quickly went online and found a, um, a copy of it and went, oh, actually, Mike, because you said it was onside initially. Uh, sorry, it was offside initially. Um, I, I looked at it and I actually had to concede and I agreed with you. But I've since looked at it again and again before match of the day, even though I said it was going to embargo match of the day because we'd lost. Um and uh, it was Mkhitaryan, I think, who was coming back onside that probably took the attention of uh, the lino and um, Abamyang. Abamyang um, was uh, sorry, <laughs> it's in my head. <laughs> Abamyang should have been um, he should have been clear through and, and and a goal. I well, he didn't he didn't actually take the shot, but I I could see a goal. Mike, go on. I don't know. I like I said in our conversation, the my initial thought when it happened was 
he's offsides. Uh, my initial thought after seeing the first replay, he was offsides. Uh, like we've talked about in the past, any part of your body that you can legally score a goal with is considered offsides, so you can't just look at yep. his feet. So his upper body to me, his shoulders, his chest, his head is offsides. Uh I didn't want to change my opinion after the fact that we lost just because to have an argument. I still stand by the fact that I think, I think it's slight. Um, those are the calls that we normally don't get. I know Manny had mentioned the uh, advantage goes to the attacking player, and I agree with that. But, again, those are the types of calls that we never get. So, uh, I don't we know got if you've one. seen match of the day they actually drew the line across the pitch and they did, on the line I across saw, I saw a picture a still image of that and I'm seeing if I can pull it up on Twitter and we can possibly share it on our Facebook and Twitter page but the if you look at the the still image they drew the line across the pitch and the space, don't tell me they've done a crooked line <laughs> the line is so crooked if you look at the spacing between the shading of the pitch at the top of the image where the lino is and then you follow the line all the way down to the opposite side of the pitch this the gap between the the shading and the line at the top is much smaller than the shading at the bottom so the line's completely crooked so uh, it doesn't make sense i still think he's off sides it's it's centimeters off uh again i'm not surprised that they made the call i don't want to change my opinion based on the fact that we lost the match i wouldn't have been surprised to see it not called but the fact that it was called uh, it's frustrating but i think they got the call right manny what are your thoughts on that advantage to the attacker that's all i've got to say okay so it's all even at 45 minutes um, we go in at half time. Uh, as I said previously, I thought, okay, yeah, we've held on. We've uh, absorbed a lot of shit um, and we've absorbed pressure. Uh, the home fans were quite lively. Um, and within, I think it was, what, 50 minutes, 49 minutes, we're about four minutes into the second half. And wh- where was... Where was Ozil? Ozil got dragged so far, drifted in. I, I'm not criticising Ozil as, set, as such, because I think he was marked out of the game, as was Aubameyang, as was Mkhitaryan. Uh, I just think they uh, Tottenham tactically uh, controlled us in the midfield, and by controlling us in the midfield, uh, it didn't give it any outlet to the forwards. But Ozil drifted so so far in, uh, Davis puts a beautiful cross into, who else do you want on the end of a cross like that? Harry Kane. We know he's a good striker. Uh, we know he's a good striker. Um, but <laughs> in our conversation beforehand, um, I think, Manny, you said before that uh, uh, Trippier and Davis, they're shit. What else do you want me to say? They're Tottenham players. What what else do you want me to say about them? But they're good. No, you're never going to hear those words come out of my mouth. If you're playing for Tottenham, you're shit. Their goalkeeper is the French captain. I'm French. I still think he's shit because he plays for Tottenham. That that's it. It's that simple. What more do you want from me? Using that logic, uh, that's a silly logic because you criticised me. You criticised me before for um, uh, predicting Arsenal will draw as a minimum or win and never predict us to lose. So that's using that logic. That's wrong. I don't care. They play for Tottenham. I don't give a damn. I don't care. (laughs) Don't wind me up. I'm already wound up as it is. Like don't don't wind me up anymore than I need to be. Drum roll, please. Manny's gonna go. The annoying piece for me on that goal was uh, the 
Ozil did get sucked out to the midfield. I believe it was Dembele that, that got that ball. Um, I think Dyer may have played it to him. And we had, uh, I want to say, the whole team in that small area. Obama Yang came back to put some pressure, and Ozil stepped to the ball as well, got to Dembele, who then played it wide to Davis, and then played that cross in. And I think that that sums it up. I mean, we were sitting so deep, and again, we did it in the first half, but we were organized about it. So we, in some ways, were able to at least put some pressure before those crosses were coming in, or keeping the crosses from coming in. And I, I have to tip my hat to, to Bellerin, who I thought was fairly decent defending um, in that first half. Uh, he, he got stuck in a couple of times. He was involved quite often. But on that goal, Davis, he played the cross in from about. 35 yards out, maybe 30, but he probably could have carried that ball another 5, 10 yards without any pressure on him. And Bellerin was caught in two minds because he was trying to track the runner and wasn't sure if he should either step to him or just continue to track the runner, and there was no pressure on the ball, and that's because Ozil got sucked out. So um, frustrating. There was concerns or questions about potential foul from Harry Kane. Um, at first, I thought it was, watching the replay. He gets up fairly early. Um doesn't really impact the way Cassiani attacked the ball because he really didn't attack the ball. So I think it was a clean goal. Frustrating to concede a stupid goal like that. Um, but Harry Kane somehow seems to always score against us, which is even more annoying and why I hate him so much. <laughs> let me just make a quick um, start. Let me just make some quick points. I don't know what was said to those guys um, in like, halftime, but they came out slow. They came out looking lethargic, disorganized. And at that point within the first five minutes of the second half, it just looked like one team was going to score. And it, and the inevitable happened. I mean, I'm not going to blame Bellerin at all for the goal because I thought in that first half, Son was getting no joy out of him whatsoever. And I thought him and Ozio were doing a great job at doubling up and then stopping the crosses from coming in. And in, the, in that second half, I don't know what... Uh, uh, I, just, I just struggle to understand the mentality of these players and how can you be so organized and dogged and in one half and in within the first five minutes of the second half when now you should be expecting Tottenham to come at you and you fall apart looking completely disorganized. Like they didn't know what the hell was going on. And it wasn't a foul on Koscielny. I mean, Kane was up long before he even realized he was there. And there was only going to be one winner. Either he was going to cut, he, he didn't even need to touch him and he was going to score that goal regardless. So no, no foul, clean goal. There you go. Well, and, and, one more you want. And Peter Cech, man of the match oh, for us, God. don't you think? Peter Cech, right. <laughs> that, of the, oh, what, what was it? There was that when he got the ball and then he passed it straight to was it Deli? Yeah, I think it was Deli anyway. Yep. I mean, what the, apart from I'm not even going to talk about that, but besides that, I thought he had a decent game, but his kicking is shocking. So, um, he, he's been he's been renowned for his distribution issues, it's, it's, so it's terrible. You know, it, it's terrible, but I think one of the tactics that we had was you know what, instead of kicking the ball down the field because you know it's going to come right back at us play out from the defense. Let's start from the defense and work our way up. But his distribution was so rubbish the whole game that it didn't allow us to you know, pick the ball up from the fence and start plays from there. We can still, he's, you know, besides that, if he wasn't in goal, 
it easily could have been 6-0 and nobody will have been surprised. And um, then we brought on Wobi and Lacazette, El Nenny, and I can't remember who the other one uh, went off. Um, Shaka. Not, Shaka. Uh, no, I think, didn't, no, Shaka went later for Welbeck. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's about 70 minutes, 70, 72 minutes to normal. Um, don't change any any tactics. Be predictable as everything, uh, as, as always, Finger. Um, and not long after that, Jack Wilshire had a shot, which was our very first on-target shot in the 78th minute, I think it was. You know, we're 1-0 down already, 20, 30 minutes later, and we still have another shot on target. I think I just want to touch on what you guys are talking about, Peter Cech. Um, we've had our arguments back and forth dating back to the Swansea disaster. Um, and I didn't say it was at fault. <laughs> uh, he, his distribution is so bad, so bad, so bad, and it frustrates me. And he, uh, I understand Manny's point where he says, uh, you know, I think our, our game plan was to try to play it out of the back. But your game, your game plan can't be based off playing it out of the back if you don't have a goalkeeper that can't play out of the back. We saw what happened with uh, Manchester City last season with Claudio Bravo. He's not good with his feet. They ran into all sorts of trouble constantly, um, and it hurt them. Okay, Pep knew what his style was. He wanted to play out of the back, and it hurt them. And did something about Correct. it. Correct, and he went and got Ederson, who he was at Benfica, and I followed his career. He's been in Portugal for quite some time. He looks like a proper midfielder when he has the ball at his feet. He's patient. He knows what he's doing with the ball. He doesn't look like a goalkeeper. And it just it's frustrating to think if our game plan was let's play it out of the back to eliminate the ball coming right back down at us it makes no sense if you can only play the ball out of the back if you have a keeper that's patient and confident with the ball at his feet who i think ospina is better at that than check is check is better coming out of the box i think he commands his box a little bit better but to me ospina is better in between the posts and he's better with his feet and manny mentioned if check wasn't in goal we would have conceded five or six. And I can agree and disagree with that because, yes, Czech was integral in not conceding a lot of goals. But apart from the Lamella one where he had to come out and, and make a quick decision, the other ones were really reaction saves. They were right at him. Yeah, Peter uh, Peter Czech saved one where uh, Harry Kane went straight into his chest. So yeah. you, a decent keeper like that should actually Correct. save the ball. And the, I mean, the free kick, I think, was an outstanding save. He, he guessed early and he got there and he made the save. But apart from the free kick and the Lamella one, I think the other ones are just reaction saves and a decent goalkeeper saves. Um, yes, he made a big difference, but... I think if Ospina is there, he makes those saves as well. Maybe not the free kick because he's not as tall as uh, as Czech, but apart from that, I'm I'm still at the point of wanting to move elsewhere with our with our shot stopper. And and Shaka, who we've had a much debate over uh, before he substituted in the 86 minute by Welbeck. Um, Manny, I think, you know, you've got an opinion on Shaka. Uh, why don't you tell us what you think? And I know, Mike, you've got an opinion on Shaka. Uh, so I'll leave the floor open to my honoured gentleman. Oh, I've been waiting for this one. The, the, the granite Shaka, you know, let, let me be fair first and foremost. Right? I think he's got qualities. Right? I think he's got qualities. But... I'm not quite sure what they are and I'm not quite sure what he brings to the team. He's not quick. He's not mobile. 
He hasn't got a football brain. He can't tackle. So what the hell do you bring to the stadium? Is he Theo Walker? He's worse than Theo Walker. Whoa. Okay, Theo Walker had pace. You can understand. No, no, no. You can understand. No, I'm not taking it back. <laughs> I'm not taking it back. You could understand why Theo Walker was in the team. Yeah, he brought something to the team. What does Shaka bring to this team? Nothing. 35 million worth of nothing. In this game, right, and Fuka mentioned it last week, he was like, oh, he brings a little bit of bite, he brings a little bit of size to the midfield. How many times did Dembele drive right past him, make him look like a complete mug? He did nothing. Nothing. I think and that, that's an unfair him, comparison, though. No, you know what? I did, I'd walk off he woke up, but there you go. But, um, no, he's just he he frustrates the life out of me because I've actually watched him play for Switzerland and he's a completely different player. Correct. It seems he's more relaxed and he's able to do. And what what why do you think that is? Uh, we, and it, that's the frustrating thing, right? And this is what I don't understand. When you buy these players, right? Don't you have a look at what makes them why are they able to play the way they play what makes them comfortable and what makes them express themselves like they want to on the pitch you look at him for Switzerland is a completely different player then you look at him for Arsenal especially this season where 95% of the time he's been awful awful for Switzerland for Switzerland he is the player that we're looking for he is a creative like, defensive midfielder exactly but for us I don't know what it is but he is just trash trash Sorry. 35 million Man, worth of trash. Manny, Manny, you don't know what it is? I do, but I'm saving it. I'm saving it. I'm saving it. I'm saving it. But for right now, I can only go on what, I'm, what I see. And I see a player that should not be anywhere near this team. He shouldn't be in this team. But he's one of Wenger's favourites. And when you're one of Wenger's favourites, you play. You play. It doesn't matter if you're, you've been rubbish the game before, if you've given away an own goal, if you've, you're going to play regardless. And Mike is quite keen. So go on, Mike. You do the, do the other side of the argument. So I, I posted a, a blog article uh, at the beginning of the season. I felt that after the end of last season, Shaka really came into the team. He started to make a difference. I thought he was one of the better performers in the FA Cup final. And I was confident that this season he would have a breakout year. Now, things aren't going as expected. I can agree with that. Um, but I also want to touch on one of the comments that uh, Manny made, which for Switzerland, he's a completely different player. Reason for that, right? Now, on the Swiss national team, they're obviously going to set up in a different way, right? They're not going to, they're not the same type of mentality as Arsenal, where, you know, apart from a handful of games, we're normally going to be the favorite. Uh, we're going to be on the front foot or expected to have the possession, expected to be further up the pitch. Whereas for Switzerland, maybe that's not the case all the time, right? They're going to be more of a, a neutral team, um, more balanced. Uh, they're not going to be, you know, all guns blazing going forward. And realistically, they really play a similar formation to Arsenal. They play a 4-2-3-1. Um, he lines up in that midfield with uh, Zakaria and uh, Smiley normally plays in front of them, kind of in a three-man midfield. Uh, sometimes Smiley drops into the midfield and they can play a three in the midfield that's flat. So, realistically, he's not a holding midfielder. He's not a defensive midfielder, and that's what people, I think, are getting confused. He's not a Patrick Vieira, right? He's not a guy that's going to defend. He's not a guy that's going to set the pace in the midfield. He's not a guy that's going to be a box-to-box. That's not him. 
he is a deep-lying playmaker. He needs to be able to receive the ball between lines. He needs to be able to distribute it. He's capable of picking a long pass. He's capable of playing a short pass. He's not a guy like Dembele. And I said it before we played them the first time around. Dembele is the guy that we need to be able to free up guys like Shaka, guys like uh, Wilshere, guys like Ramsey. Ramsey likes to make runs from the midfield and get into the box. And it's great when it works. When it doesn't, he exposes our midfield because we don't have a defensive midfielder that can cover that space and that can be physical and impose himself. El Neni does a decent job at it, but it doesn't always work because he's not a physical guy. So if he's up against someone that's physical, like happened on Saturday, you see things kind of fall apart because we don't have that type of player. Yes, Shaka's a physical guy. Yes, he can get stuck into a challenge. Normally when he does, he gets a red card. But we have a gap there that we haven't addressed since Patrick Vieira left, and that's one of the reasons why it doesn't always work. And there's games good, and there's other games where he doesn't look good because we're not using him to his strengths, and we're expecting him to do something that realistically isn't part of his and we, game. And, and we waited till the 86th minute to substitute him. Do you not think, given the scenario with lack of shots on target, with being found out in the midfield, uh, no supply to our forward line, that um, we should have taken, maybe done a triple substitution at 78 minutes uh, and, uh, rather than waiting till 86 minutes, but on Danny Welbeck. I know his finishing isn't always great, but he does create um, create opportunities and, and he frightens the shit out of defenders with his speed. Yeah, I was actually surprised that I would have preferred, given the way the game was going, I would have preferred to see... Shaka come off when El Nenny came off. I think El Nenny would have given us a little bit more balance in that midfield. Pulling Shaka off would allow us to look, get a little bit more freedom going forward. And taking off El Nenny limited us in terms of covering ground because, again, Shaka is not a quick player. He's not a mobile player. And again, he's not a defensive midfielder. So we were then asking him to fill that void when he's not that type of player and we were just continuing to add pressure on ourselves and by the time he took him off at that point it was basically throw the kitchen sink at them and we're going to basically open up our midfield and hopefully we can we can do something out of it but I think when he made that substitution, I I personally would have preferred to see Shaka come off instead of El Nani at that time. And in our kitchen sink, we had um, a Wobi, and a Wobi came on and looked absolutely shocking. Um, and he put a ball through to well, before that ball he put through Lacazette uh, got supplied. I think I don't I think it was a Jack Wilshire that uh, gave uh, an assist to to Lacazette, who shot over the bar. Um, he's he, he hit with the outside of his foot rather than put his lace through it. Um, just why? Go on, Manny. I know you're itching. Yeah. You, you will be, you will be, you will be. Uh, Alex, <sighs> Alex, you will be. He, he frustrates the life out of me, that boy. He really, he, he needs to go out on loan. He needs to work out alone. The only the only reason why I'm not gonna go in on him so much is because he's still young. I forget how young he is, you know, and he's still learning. But he needs to fuck off on loan. He needs to fuck off on loan and learn how to be a player. And he needs to fix his attitude as well. And his hair. All right, just just go away and just 
just go and learn your trade, right? Because at the, first of all, right now, I think Arsenal's too big of a club for him. I think he's got way too much spotlight on him. And I think the fans are on his back as well, right? Fans like me, fans are on his back as well. And he's getting a lot of abuse online. So I think he needs to go off, learn how to be a player. Because when he came on, he was shocking. Now, he, he says that he's an Arsenal fan. You're playing against Tottenham here, boy. You're playing against Tottenham and he couldn't make Yeah, but was he more like a, a rabbit in the headlights? He was shocking. Firstly, when when El Nenny and it was, it was El Nenny and Mkhitaryan came off and Gibobi came on and I see him in central midfield, I was confused. Right, that confused me. So the formation and I was totally confused. I was like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna go with it. But he just couldn't make a pass to save his life. He was all over the place. He had nobody to guide him. He was just lost. He was lost. Right now, I'll give him his juice for creating that that Lacazette chance and he, he's 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 another one, but he will be needs to fuck off on loan somewhere because right now he doesn't do anything that merits him being in a team apart from the, that defensive side that we spoke about last week. Apart from that, he brings nothing. He's another one. <laughs> um, he's. I think uh, fans. Well, I think fans in general, Arsenal supporters, uh, are a different breed. <laughs> um, I think given all the circumstances that we've gone through over the last. Uh, 12, 13, 14 years. Um, it's kind of built up all this uh, frustration and, and hatred at some point. And the expectations, I think, sometimes aren't always realistic. And uh, listen, Iwobi has warranted his critics over the season, over last season. Um, he's had some shocking performances. I thought he was terrible when he came on. Uh, but Again, it's it's different environment. You're coming into a situation where he's a young kid. Yes, he plays for the Nigerian national team. He's got a little bit of experience under his belt. But every match and every scenario is different. Uh, he, It seemed like he couldn't connect a goddamn pass when he came on. Everything he tried to play was just terrible. It, everything got intercepted. It didn't get to the end, end player. It was, it was frustrating to watch. But... Um, even that pass that he made to Lacazette, who I think was a terrible pass, he just got fortunate that it seems that Vertonghen and Sanchez were fucking picking flowers somewhere. I don't know what the hell happened to them, but the two of them looked so lost, they nearly ran into each other, and Lacazette managed to get around them to get on the end of that ball. I think they were probably just knackered, to be honest. I don't know. <laughs> it was to be honest, I, 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 thought, I thought it was it. a good ball. I thought it was a good ball by... Um, well, we to Lacazette and uh, Lacazette. There, there was uh, I can't remember who it was on Talk Sport was talking about um, Lacazette. Obviously, his lack of confidence um, and the way he, if he had looked at that ball, the way the ball was spinning, because he took it on the outside of his foot, um, uh, it was never going to go in because it was going to spin uh, past the post. He either should have put his bootlaces through it or actually taken them on the inside of his foot, and it would have spun uh, underneath the kick because he was trying to get underneath the kick. Uh, he was unlucky, unlucky, but it just shows a lack of confidence. And then Ozil had a, a free kick on the edge of the box. Ozil, I don't know if people are, are criticising, saying that yet, yet again, another big game he didn't turn up at. I think he was managed well within the game uh, and it just made him quiet. I, I said earlier um, that our midfield was managed well uh, by by Tottenham, uh, hence why we didn't get that much um, that much opportunities. Um, 
did did any of you see that bit of uh, a bit of argy bargy afterwards with uh, Jack Wilshire? Yeah, it sounds like I I saw on social media that uh, there was an article too. I didn't end up reading it because I try not to kind of go into what the media says and but I saw a headline of some sorts that uh, Lamella called uh, Will Share a Bitch or something of that sort um, of all players on the Arsenal squad to call any names he's probably the wrong one to do that to <laughs> don't don't uh, pick a fight with a small Jack, uh, Jack yeah. Russell type yappy yappy <laughs> sort of player yeah and okay. um, it was funny because uh, one of my mates who's a Chelsea supporter um, he said why and he I thought it was actually interesting why is it that Lamella is always involved in these uh, you know arguments these shoving matches you know he acts like he's a big name player and it actually made sense because he does it more often than not and I just think it's his South American personality that comes out on him I think he was just so you know excited about the result and you know hot shot mentality and the media is all about us right now and we just beat you guys and it just kind of all built up into it and I think he just picked the wrong guy to pick a fight with to be honest can I ask you guys a question what do you think of Tottenham shit shit can I ask you guys you a question? I have a real yeah. question, though. I actually I didn't ask you guys in the text message because I wanted to have you guys think about it on the spot, okay? I'm going to give you guys each one minute, okay? I want you – we'll go – we'll start with Fergus first because he's on the – he's the one that shows up on top of my list. So here's my question to you guys. Given the current Arsenal squad, who would you take – So. Think of any player that's played for the club along the years that we've supported them and tell me which one of those players you would put into our squad today that would make the most impact. Vieira. Patrick Vieira. That was a quick answer. Simple. And then uh, uh, Burkamp and then Henri. And then uh, probably um, Cashley Cole, Robert Pires, um, Gilberto, <laughs> Freddie Lumberg, Canu. Lauren, Manny, Manny, what's your what's your guy? One guy that you think would make the most impact in our squad today? I'm gonna go with Fergus Vieira. That was the first person that popped into my head, Patrick Vieira. That was the same one for me. I think he would. Although our defense is suspect, I think a guy like him offers so much to that backline and the midfield that it makes such a big difference. It, that, that's that's the position that we need. Uh, probably most and have needed for quite some time. We've never replaced Patrick Vieira. We have replaced Thierry Henry. Uh, we have replaced uh, Dennis Bergkamp with creative players, Ozil, Sanchez, Snake, um, and, 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 and other players. Um, but the one position, uh, this goes into the, 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 a debate that you could go on to about Wenger um, and his ability to buy defensive-minded players, considering he was, I believe, a centre-back uh, when he had, he didn't have a great football career, but he still was a professional footballer in France and he was a centre-back. You think he would identify uh, more uh, more, you know, defensive-minded players? Manny, I know it's a, a subject close to your heart because uh, of your appreciation of um, no, he's the a, manager. I can't say that word. I, can't, I was just about to say it. I was going to say it, but I can't. Can't use that word on here. No, but I was going to. I was close. I was really close. Hey, hey, the, the, 
There is a word that we use, twant. Uh, I've seen it, I've seen it, but no, no, it just doesn't have that same effect. You know, it doesn't have the same connection, but anyway. So we're here on, we are here on a Tuesday recording this. Yeah, 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 I know, I know, but yeah. Anyway, um, I wouldn't trust Arsene Wenger to buy anyone, really. Like, I just wouldn't trust him with money, like his, his 200 million go ahead and, and, and build a team with us. I wouldn't trust him at all. In the whole time that we've been at the Emirates, he has bought only one defender where you can look at and you can say he's been consistent over the years and that's Koscielny. Right, that's one of the players that you can see he's bought over the years. And he was shaky to start with. He was shaky to start with, but that's one player you can say, oh, he's coming. He had a shaky start, but he got better and he's been consistent for the last three, four seasons. He has been consistent. Would you jump a purr in there as well? No, no, I wouldn't. Garbage, garbage. Yes, he can read the game. He can, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, he can read the game and then he's 6'6 and this and that. He's awful, okay? He's been, he has been shocking for us. I don't rate Perma Saka at all, all right? I, I don't rate him. Mustafi's suspect. Uh, he, he is suspect. Shoni is the one defender he has bought since we've come to the Emirates that has been consistent. All the others, Scalacci, Sylvester, and, and Andre Santos, and and just these. Oh my God! No, he he cannot. Oh. I, I I I I'd say Debushi, uh, bar an early injury in his Arsenal career, um, and he's never fulfilled his potential uh, with Arsenal. I, I'd actually put Debushi in there, Mike. So I just have a question for Manny. If you said. Castellani's been consistent. Yes, I know he's been there longer, but at the moment, you said Mustafi is suspect. You would you say that Castellani is more consistent than Mustafi right now? Because <sighs> I would have to say no. This, I think this Mustafi season, this season this no. year is our best defender, and I think that if he continues at the club, I think he'll be much better influential in on the pitch than Koscielny has no, been. I, I, I his, agree with that. I agree I with agree that. His, no. problem, his problem is he needs a guy beside him that's going to focus on defending and will allow uh, Mustafi to go out and make those challenges. And, and, and that not be Nacho because Nacho is too attack-minded. He, and I, I actually wanted to touch on one play in that second half the, that miss that Deli Alley had in the the one that he tried to knock over check and he knocked it wide uh, there was a play in the middle where Shaka passed it to Mustafi or Monreal and then Monreal passed it to Cassiani and he had plenty of time to react and he just kind of just stood there stood there and then he went to make a pass it was about a five yard pass miss hit it and then that's when the pass got played into Deli Alley who then missed the shot but just things like that like this is your captain this is your leader like it, get rid of the fucking ball like it just frustrates me like this is the guy that's supposed to set the example and set the bar for the players on that pitch and more often than not yes he's had very good performances yes he's capable of giving us a 10 out of 10 but when he fucks up he fucks up like he makes sure that when he messes something up he does it like the whole way he doesn't just half mess it up he does it all the way through and it it makes you think what do the players think like this is the guy that's setting the standard for us this is the guy that's supposed to set lead by example is he doing that i don't think so now first of all to answer your question 
Um, I think showing this season that has been his worst. Uh, say in the last four compared to the last four five years or so I think this season has been the worst now in terms of him being a leader a leader he is not right he is not he's not a captain he is not somebody you can turn to and go you know what this is the guy who's going to organize us this is the guy who's going to bark to the midfield to tell them to sit there for 20 minutes let us soak up this pressure he is not that guy Right, he is not that leader. He is not a captain, and that falls to the manager to pick the right person for that role. Now, in terms of, you know what? Let's go back to the match quickly because there was a point that you made. I think Mike made in the first podcast I was in, in terms of their relationship between Mustafi and Kishoni. The chance that Harry Kane had, the header, right, that would have made it two 0 The reaction of both guys was telling to me because both guys looked at each other and they had no clue, right? It seemed like they had no clue who was picking up Kane. They were just looking at each other like, oh, well, I thought you had it. Oh, well, I thought you had it. They looked completely confused. Now, the quicker that partnership can be broken up, the better. Um, I think Mustafi, may, may he can become a great player, but under this management... He won't be. He'll still be making the same errors. He'll still be doing the same things. He'll still hold the ball too long and not clear it. He'll still make stupid little errors. Yeah, that's what I think. But Mustafi's here to stay. Um, I, I can't. I know there was talk of him being sold. Colchelny uh, will go, obviously, with his Achilles and his age and everything else. He, he's got to. He's got to go next. Um, we do need a decent pairing alongside alongside for him. Our general defensive issues are poor. Uh, you know, we've we've talked before about Bellerin. And I know he had, didn't have a bad game, but Bellerin running up the pitch like a you know, wanting to cross a ball he never crosses and so on. It's just so frustrating. And picking up on a point you said earlier, Manny, um, I also agree with you. I would not give our manager, um, Arsene Denger, another penny to spend on the squad. I'm still assuming and hoping that he will do the honourable thing and walk away at the end of the season. Um, Why give him any more money? Because... The squad itself uh, and the team setup seems quite dysfunctional. I know we talked, uh, myself and yourself, Manny, on last week's podcast, we talked about how well they looked um, when they were playing an underrated Everton. We looked really good against an underrated uh, Crystal Palace. Um, you know, if you look at, it's January 2015, the last time that we won a uh, away against a top five um, uh, it's 15 games since we've beaten a top five team away from home I mean our, our away record is, is just it's shocking it is shocking and to go to go back to your point about you hoping he'll do the honourable thing he will not leave on his own accord he's going to have to be pushed out of this club have you heard the rumours that he wants to hit a thousand games which is another four and a half years fuck off <laughs> Fuck off! Okay, just fuck off! Just f- literally, right? To see, I didn't want to. I didn't want to comment on it. I just wanted to keep my mouth shut, right? But if he's going to stay for another four and a half years, just so he can reach a thousand games. And I will say this one more time, and I remember having an argument with Fergus and a whole lot of people right on the forum when I said this, and I'll say it again: this ah, prick. 
does not give a damn about Arsenal Football Club. I disagree. Just, no, no, no. He would just want to go and reach a personal milestone of having managed a thousand games for Arsenal Football Club. It's nothing to do right, with Arsenal Football Club. He only cares about himself, his greed. If, if it was all about um, achievements and records, he's already holds the record for the manager who's managed, and I can't see another manager that will ever uh, uh, copy what he's done. He's managed the most Premier League games, 828 Premier off. League games. Good, then fuck <laughs> off. Fuck off, leave. I don't care that you want to fuck off. I'm, I'm tired of him. I'm tired of seeing him. I'm tired of hearing the same excuses from him. I'm tired of seeing him make the same mistakes. I'm tired of hearing people say, oh, he's a smart man. How many smart people make the same errors over and over and over again? Keep doing the same things over and over again and expecting the same, expecting different outcomes from the same procedures. Like, the man's a fucking idiot. Okay, he's an idiot. He's not a smart man. He's not, he's an idiot. He's an idiot. I think if it was, I I disagree that he doesn't care for the club. I, but I do think if if he was interested in personal accolades, there's no chance he would have stayed at Arsenal. I I think that given the project that they presented or he presented basically to build the new stadium, and given the struggle financially that we had, if he was focused on personal accolades, he's he easily could have walked into a Real Madrid, a Barcelona, or a PSG most recently without any issues. And I'm sure they've they've rung him up a couple of times to see if they can pull him away from Arsenal. So I agree that he has his stubborn moments and he has his um, questionable decisions, but I, I don't agree that he doesn't care for the club. I genuinely think he does actually care um, for for Arsenal Football Club. And I think he has Arsenal fo- Football Club at his best interests. Um, I do understand Manny's frustrations because I'm now getting frustrated like it as well. I do think the man's stubbornness, uh, the, uh, the man's arrogance at some times to think that he's um, as, as, uh, as good as he, as good as he, he, I think we had this discussion before. He hasn't evolved. Uh, you know, every two, three, four years, you need to uh, revitalize. I've done it in my work. We've all done it in our jobs. You need to revitalize and, and evolve yourselves. What What do you guys think? You do. You need to. You, you you got to evolve. The game changes. The game has changed over the years. I mean, if the game was still in the 1970s, then Brazil's, the Brazil's team would still be dominating international football. But at the moment, they're not. Now, I just want to touch on something really, really quickly. Now, the last time we actually competed for the league was in 2007, 2008. So 10 years ago, right? 10 years ago, that was the last time. Do you not think 2000? No. What was the the Eduardo Lake break? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2007, 2008. And funnily enough, that was high point tally. At the Emirates, that's the last. That's the last time we finished over eighty points, All right? Now, when you t- when you're talking about reinventing himself, I looked at I looked up at his, you know, the coaches and the people that he works with, and before Steve Bold came into the role in 2012, the only good, the only change in the coaching staff was Gary Payton in 2003. 
So his backroom staff has always remained the same. If Pat Rice hadn't retired, it would have been the same. And then Lehman came in. Chris came Fer- in. Fergie used to change his every two All years. All the time. So he hasn't reinvented himself. He's always listened to the same people because these people are not going to challenge him. Right? The defense has been going through the same errors and there's nothing, nothing has been done to actively change, you know, the, and stop making these errors, become more defensively sound. Nothing has changed. Everything's just the same with him. You know, and this is why I back Gazidis when he's making those changes, when he's bringing in these people, because if it weren't for somebody like Gazidis, things would still be the same. Nothing would change. 2008 was the last time we actually competed. We finished four points behind United that year. Right. And even then we fell away from the title race. We had we had Villa at home. We had Wigan away. We had Borough at home and we had Chelsea away. All those games, we picked up three points from those games and you can look at seasons like two seasons ago when uh, Leicester won and Tottenham were putting pressure on because uh, that's what they're good at um, we could have easily uh, won that league uh, it, it, you know the, the currently this year uh, City are away head, heads, heads above everybody else but um, all the other teams so we're, we're only nine points behind Man United in the second so in theory, I know it's not going to happen, but in theory, you know, we could still make a challenge for if it was Man United at top, uh, we could make a challenge for that top spot there. Uh, the City are going to be unassailable and, and, and not going. Listen, we have um, we have a game. Uh, we're going into uh, very, very, very cold territory. Uh, we're going to Sweden on Thursday. I believe it's something like, something like minus 22 or something like that. Beer, more importantly, is about £18 a pint. Hence why I'm staying and going to watch it on the BT Sports instead. What's your thoughts on this game, guys? Well, I'll start. I don't I don't know too much about um, Osterend or Osterend. I don't know what the pronunciation is. but I think you got it uh, right the first time. All I know is that they are northern Sweden I actually watched the video yesterday that they had posted on their official I want to say it was their Facebook or their Twitter page is basically telling all uh, travelers how to stay warm how to dress (laughs) (laughs) so you know make sure you have two layers of socks uh, make sure you have your long johns on uh, thermals no No jeans jeans. yeah so it was was interesting to see the pictures that they've posted online um, the pictures covered in snow uh, it reminds me of uh, you know the winters that we have here um, and you know we end up playing indoor football instead of playing outdoor football but it'll it's going to be a significant challenge I mean listen it's on a 4G pitch uh, that in itself is a change is that like um, is that like a plastic pitch like the same as um, Sutton United and those similar yeah yeah. But I mean Arsenal has a 4G pitch and they're at London Colony. So it's nothing that they can't get used to, but the difference is, is that the the 4G pitch that we have at London Colony is in a different uh, climate, right? When you're yeah, talking I was say 4G, it's about, about 30 degrees warmer. Yeah, 4G pitch with, you know, freezing temperatures, that ground is going to be very hard. Um, so the ball is going to bounce differently. Uh, when you fall and hit the ground, it's going to hurt a lot more. <laughs> um, so it's it's going to just the weather and the pitch is going to be a significant challenge and I think it's going to make things really tough for us. I'm hopeful that we'll have enough experience in the squad um, to make the difference even if we can't kill it off Thursday maybe set us up well for the second leg and in that squad we're not going to have um, uh, Lacazette 
Yeah, Manny posted about that earlier, um, and I know Manny was very upset about it. I'll let him tell us all about it. <laughs> I'm, 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 God, I'm pissed off about that. Um, maybe that's something he picked up a few weeks ago, and they've been kind of monitoring it, and maybe against Tottenham it got worse. But I'm, I'm not happy because I rate him. I rate him highly, and then the fact that people are coming out and you know saying he's had enough time to 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 bed in, and he's had enough time, so he should be here in the ground right now. I, I, I don't want to tell those people to just shut the fuck up, like really, because how many players have come to this league and hit the ground running, and they've come back for the second season and done as good. I mean, but it's, but it's not even that. Yeah, I think he's been mismanaged the whole way through. Uh, yes, for, for, for first first two or three games. Fine, I can understand substituting him at 70 minutes. But I think he's only played three games, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, for a full 90 minutes. I don't think he's played a uh, full 90 minutes uh, for more than three or four games. Uh, um, I don't know. He, his, conf- his confidence is shot the fuck. It really is. It really is. I mean, he didn't start against Liverpool away. I mean, he didn't start against Man City away. So those are big games. And with big games, you're expecting to go for the big players. You just spent 50 million on me. I want to be starting, but no, I'm well, on we've the We've got Alex Iwobi. Oh, don't, don't, don't. You know, so I, I really feel sorry for him. I, I think that, you know, his confidence, you, you just look at him on the pitch, right? Now you look at the chance he had against City, you know, got the ball out of his feet, but smashed it in. He looks like a confident player at that point. But against Tottenham, look, he just looked, his confidence is just shot. And he's got a manager who doesn't believe in him, clearly. He's got a manager who keeps on taking him off after 70 minutes and doesn't trust him, clearly doesn't trust him. But he's not a bad player. Let him become a bad player overnight. You know, the French league is a completely different league. He's not a bad player. People just need to get off his back. You know, I can't believe people actually burned his shirt after the Tottenham game. You're joking. Oh, no, I'm dead serious. People, somebody burn a shirt and, you know, and put it all over Twitter. You prick. You're supposed to support the guy. He's only been here six months for fuck's sake. Well, they're, they're not Arsenal fans. They cannot be Arsenal fans. They, they're just fucking idiots. Like, we had this discussion uh, last week about the death threats to Granite Shack. Uh, uh, it's now people burning Lacazette shirts. <laughs> fucking morons. They, they, don't un- I mean, come on. they don't understand what it is to be a true fan. A true fan is you support your team through thick and thin. How the fuck does it feel when you're, like, you know, I don't know, a late Orient fan, a Leeds United fan that you were they were like you know second in the league getting to the Champions League semi-final then they're down in the bottom league uh, of the bottom of the football league and trying to work their way back up 10-15 years later and yet again they still have 20-30-40,000 people turn up week in week out singing uh, the White Rose of Yorkshire or whatever it is that the song they, they sing that's what it is to be a football fan so support your team through thick and thin not not fucking burning effigies of either David Beckham as it was with England uh, or, you know, uh, death threats. It's just fucking ridiculous dickheads. But that's mo- this, is, this is modern keyboard warrior um, uh, football fans. Likely lineups, lads. Um, I'm hoping he goes for, with a strong team. Well, God. I don't believe any of those idiots that played against Tottenham should be given a rest. I mean, it's not like we're playing in the FA Cup anyway. So I hope it goes with a strong team. I hope I do see, you know, the, the Ozils and then Welbeck will start, you know, because he's our only fit striker. You know, you know like as I injured, I mean, I can't play. So I hope this is strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> you, he's such an idiot. <laughs> 
in terms of lineup, I, I I believe I heard Wenger said that he wasn't going to make too many changes given the fact that we didn't have a game uh, or a match this weekend. So makes sense that he would feel the full squad. I'm interested to see if uh, Colasina comes back into the squad. Can McIntyre play? Um, I think he can because Dortmund started in the Champions League. And they ended up yeah, Dortmund started in the Champions League and they've dropped into the Europa League. But um, Abamyang, He can't. So I guess if he can't play, then McTarran shouldn't be able to play either. Well, he was... Oh, wait. He was at Man United. They're it, still in the... What are you, you're confusing me here. Uh, McTarran was in the Man United squad. Yeah. And they were in the Champions League. But they're not in the same competition the, now. But he never actually kicked a ball or played or started or lined up. He was uh, Abamyang was only named uh, in their squ- potential squad, but never actually played a game. So he can't. I don't know if I think it's they played he was registered. In. And they're in the same competition now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect him to make any that, changes. Do you reckon they've done that on purpose? Uh, I doubt it. I mean, I doubt they knew about this that long ago. To be honest. Apparently, we were sniffing after Aubameyang anyway last summer, and we only went for Lacazette because he was slightly slightly cheaper option. So uh, that Wenger favoured Aubameyang over um, over Lacazette, uh, and obviously we wanted Mkhitaryan before as well. So uh, yeah, but it yeah. wouldn't surprise me. But- I would be interested to see if uh, I saw something online that Welbeck isn't able to play on a four G pitch because of his previous injuries. So if that's He's actually true, struggles to play on a grass pitch. <laughs> If that that rumor is true, uh, are we going to see Enketia get the start, <laughs> which makes me nervous? Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. <laughs> What's your uh, I don't know. You, you, listen, the thing that we need to do is when we go out there is we need to just keep it reasonably tight. We need to, if we get lucky and smash them four, five, six nil, that would be brilliant. But, you know, we shouldn't be very arrogant and thinking that we can. Uh, this team has gone up four leagues in six years or something like that. They, they, they've done really well. English manager as well. A few journeyman English, young journeyman English players and uh, Swedish players. Most of these players would, would not get into a normal side. It, it seems that they've they're, they're like I'm trying to think of an analogy they're they're, they're, they're a team <laughs> that's the analogy they're actually a team a team or a collective and they've done really really well for themselves I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for maybe 2-0 3-1 to the Arsenal um, I'm going to say 2-1 but I just want to make one one comment here, last comment on this match for me, is these guys have not lost, have lost one match at home um, dating back till May of 2017 and along the way they've defeated uh, Galatasaray at home 2-0 in the qualification uh, for the Europa League which is a pretty good uh, result. They've defeated Pawak um, from Greece at home uh, during the qualification phase as well. Um, they've defeated Hertha Berlin at home uh, in the Europa League uh, group stage. They drew against Atletico Bilbao at home. They drew against Dinamo Kiev. So these guys may not be known to the football world, but again, I think they are. The I think they are known to the football world, but they're not known to us, us mere mortal fans. <laughs> um, I think. 
think uh, I think the, the the football world do know about them because they've they've made themselves very 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 apparent in in, in football terms. So what are you, are you sticking with? Two one. I'll go three one. Manny. Two one. You've got to do something different. You can't take the same points. Otherwise, you've got one and a half point each. <laughs> what? No, that's what I think. 2-1. Oh, he's so contrary, isn't he? <laughs> Controversy. 2-1. That's, that's the first score that right. popped into my head. 2-1. Leave me alone, I'm ill. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. I, I, finally, on um, Europa League stroke... We'll cover uh, the League Cup final next week. Um, but my thoughts were, um, with the League Cup final um, coming up uh, on uh, week on Sunday, I think we need to do everything to get that, uh, win the Europa League. Uh, sorry, uh, win that. We automatically get European football with the Europa League and then chuck all our efforts into Europa League to win that and get through to the Champions League. We aren't going to get fourth, I can't see it. And it doesn't matter if, if we finish 10th then if we can put everything, all our eggs in, in the basket of uh, the Europa League. We've got about 15 minutes to wrap this up because I know some of us have other stuff to do as well. Yeah, I, I think Europa League is important for us. Just Even just being able to win a, a European title will be good for the team's mentality. Um, even if Fenger does go in the summer, I think it'll be a good stepping stone for us to kind of go to the next step if, if there is one for us. But... Uh, it's a competition that's there to be won and I don't think we're in a position to be able to pick and choose which ones we want to win so I think obviously League Cup's going to be tough Manchester City's not a pushover but I think we need to really focus on making sure that we succeed in Europa League because that could be our golden ticket into Champions League Yeah, Manny, do you agree? I do um, I would love us to win it um, but the realist in me is saying that we won't you know I just I've had but if we yep. if we do, does that keep your favourite friend at Arsenal for another year? I'm like, look, I'm able to do it. And he'll convince himself that he still can do it, and he'll stay for another year, and then probably they'll probably offer him another contract, and he'll sign it because he's he's just he hasn't got any self awareness. You know, but I would want us to win it, like regardless of that manager, I would love us to win, you know, it's a European trophy and all, but do I believe we will? No. That's that's just me being honest. I don't have any faith in this thing. Okay. Okay, yeah, no. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Listen, we've done that to death. Uh, I think um, let's try and look at what some of uh, our listeners are uh, talking about. We had uh, cap, um, questions on our Facebook, which is um, Facebook Guns and Yellow Ribbons. We've also on Twitter at Guns and Ribbons and email. You can email us on info at gunsandyellowribbons.com. Um, James T asked about future captains. Um, wouldn't mind hearing what you guys think about. I uh, would like to see happen with the captaincy of Arsenal in the short and long term. Uh, my very quick answer on that one is Jack Wilshire, short and long term. Firstly, I would want a captaincy to take him more seriously. And if it is, Jack Wilshire as well. Yeah, I think Jack Wilshire, and if Ramsey stays, I think he's going to be a co-captain as well. Uh, yeah, there's talk about making Ramsey the captain. I wouldn't like for him to be the primary captain, but I think him and Jack Wilshire would be 
together, I think Jack should be the primary captain. And um, Gareth Southgate with the England squad has said he'd move the captaincy around. Do you like the idea of moving captaincy around or should the captain be the captain? The captain should be the captain. Uh, I don't like the idea of it being pinged all over the place. No, the captain's the leader. As simple as that. Okay. We had another question from Mike Patton. Um, Iwobi, is he playing in the Premier How is he playing in the Premier League, let alone playing for Arsenal on a regular basis? I think we touched on this one earlier <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah, I think, again, I think he, he's young. He's had his ups and downs. I think he's he's been better recently than maybe earlier in the season. He didn't have a good showing this weekend, but... Uh, I would hate for us to turn on him because I think he has potential. He just needs the right platform to be able to use it. Uh, I think he would. He, I think he will become a good Arsenal player at the moment. He is enough. I'd prefer if he goes out on loan like Wilshere did, you know, and just learn his trade a little bit more under this current management. I think he would just become lost. So, yeah, go out on loan and learn how to be a proper footballer. Uh, Jason Atkinson, again on Facebook, says, Our bench, how are those players an Arsenal standard? I have no idea. I have no idea. They're an Arsenal standard to me, but to answer Venga, they are. And he's the one who picks the team. So, what can I say? Yeah, there's a few of those guys, some of the younger guys who are good to have within the squad, but going away to Tottenham or even a lot of other teams, to me, uh, Callum Chambers shouldn't be there. Um, Danny Welbeck is a question mark. Even Ainsley Maitland-Niles, he's had his stints in the team, but I don't think he's ready for it. And to have someone like him on the bench um, raises a, 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 a fair question as to is the potential there for our bench? On 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 the bench side of things, I think um, it just shows the lack of depth in our squad. Uh, we got loads of very mobile and uh, creative midfielders. It shows the misbalance within the squad as well. Uh, we've got a great starting 11, 12, 13, but um, we, with a couple of injuries, we're fucked, basically. <laughs> you know, and I, I think that's the failing if you compare us, not that I'm comparing us directly, but if you look at uh, the way Tottenham have improved with their outfield 11, uh, the reason that they are not going to do very much more than what they're doing at the minute is they don't have strength and depth in their squad. Uh, we have slightly more strength and depth, but not as not as much as them. And we're now relying on far, far more um, academy stroke squad players. And I expect that's due to the fact that we've got to spend so much money on signing these big name players to keep the fans happy and to make sure that we look like we're... Uh, playing with the big boys and we can pay the big wages um we have one final question and and uh mike i don't know if you can see our notes but uh there was one from peter turvey and he's he's uh talking about new england and stuff like that so you might be able to add a bit of perspective to it do you do you want to take that question up yeah so he mentions we're in sixth place lack of cohesive plan away from home is exactly why um, he said he remembers when he lived in New England, Bill Parcells, uh, he quit the Patriots. So for those of you who don't know the Patriots, um, local American football team here who just lost in the Super Bowl. Go Pats! <laughs> 
Um, Bill Parcells complained he wasn't allowed to do the shopping. Uh, Wenger's been shopping for years, but the ingredients only work if you know how uh, they go together. Granit, Shaka, who's a great player, and Iwobi shouldn't even be in the squad at this point. And Bellerin is seriously out of form, but somewhere between slim and none, as evidenced by our bench today. Having said all that, Spuds knew they could go around us, and there's always space between uh, behind Hector. Not having Mesut uh, behind a front two stuns me, as that's the best forward option we have. Um, in terms of Bill Parcells, uh, I live uh, about... 15, 20 minutes from uh, Gillette Stadium. So I've been um, kind of immersed in the whole environment here. Uh, fortunately for us, when Bill Parcells left, we got uh, Bill Belichick, who has built a dynasty here. So we're kind of spoiled in terms of championships here in New England. But uh, I get his point. It makes sense. And you guys touched on it earlier about you know having the money available but knowing how to spend it. And that's a big question mark in terms of how Arsenal spent their money. We've made some really bad purchases over the years um we're starting to improve that hopefully with the the most recent ones um granite shaka and iwobi we've touched on as well um i think they're in in poor form at the moment or iwobi didn't really do too well this weekend bellerin's been a huge question mark all season uh letting debushi go made it even worse because now he really has no one to compete with and in terms of Mesut sitting behind two strikers, I would love that. I think it would work out well having uh, Obama Yang and Lacazette in the front two with Mesut as a number 10. But Wenger hasn't done that since the days of Burkamp and Henri, so I don't see him doing that anytime soon. I would like to say, uh, Peter, it was a brilliant question, but spuds, they're scum, they're yids, but they're not spuds. <laughs> um, Manny, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, a good, uh, I really don't have much to say, to be honest. Um, that match was—I just want to forget about that match, to be honest. You know, in terms of you know being sick and lack of cohesiveness away from home, that's that was the case last season when we were on a run of four games. You know. On the, on the bounce so we were defeated you know I think it started then and nothing's been done to rectify that you know it's just, we just continuously go to, into away games lacking everything really so whatever I think we've um, almost reached the end um, I thank uh, Mike Pete Scott Wise, actually, final question, actually, Scott Wise uh, says, amazing we're in the top 10 with form like that. Thank God for our home form that's kept us afloat. Um, Thoughts would be better, uh, would it be better to be outside um, seven or eight and not qualifying for Europe? What do you think? No. Qualifying for Europe brings us some money. Being out of Europe. We don't need the money. We get it from TV. We're going to get even more on the next deal. Still, it makes a difference. Even being in Europa League, it makes a difference. Look at Chelsea. They weren't in the Europa League. I don't care about Chelsea. And they went on and won the league that year. I don't care about Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, but they won the league. Do you want to win the league? Yeah, I do. But it doesn't mean you have to be out of Europe to win the league. Manchester, Manchester yeah, City's running away with the league and then they're in Champions League. We, we end up, we end up uh, at the... Um, in eighth position and we're start playing games in July and August uh, it's going to go on forever like this podcast <laughs> five word challenge boys alright 
I will. So I'll go to Fergus. Fergus goes to Manny. Manny goes to me. Okay. All right, I'll start. Hit me. Sweet. Marwan Shamak. Fucking hair. <laughs> I thought the same. Uh, Nicholas Anelka. The Lord. <laughs> um, Andre Arshavin. Oh, lazy bastard. But, 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 but. I'm the sorry, first that perfect to ruin it as well. You can, you can use it. You can use it. You can use it. That goal he scored against. All right. You can use it. That goal against Barcelona was great. Antonio Reyes. Homesick baby. (laughs) And last but not least, Skilachi. Who? (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Right. Am I going next? Yep. Um... The Emirates Stadium. Crap. Former Arsenal uh, Academy player. Hearing King. Fuck off. No, you can answer it. <laughs> no, that's my answer. Fuck off. Okay. Okay. off. if that's how you pronounce it. Mislintat. Mislintat. Yeah. yeah, I've just made him Russian. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> we found the name of our <laughs> name of our podcast. <laughs> <Mislintoff>. <laughs> um hopeful. Look hopeful. Okay. Um yeah. then my last two I will put to both of you. Um half and half scarves, and especially at the North London Derby. No. Never. Never. Never ever. If you if you bought one and you're an Arsenal fan, go fuck yourself. Terrible. Yep. Especially for that game. And your favorite shirt, your favorite Arsenal shirt. Ooh. Oh the wow. Of you. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with. Yeah, the Invincible O2. I have to go with that one. Favorite Arsenal shirt. I'm going to have to say um, the O2 one as well. I have one with Henri's name on the back of it. Which, the red, the blue? The maroon one. Okay, so the one from, uh, that was leaving Highbury, the maroon one. The red, red, yep. It's ah. red current, by the way. Uh, for me, it's the Sega gold shirt, Will Tord winning the league. Oh, yes. Oh, that's a great shirt as well. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there, yeah. There's two reasons. There's two reasons. <laughs> one, Will Tord scoring that goal, winning the league at, uh, at Old Trafford. But two, um, I lived not far uh, from there and I had my kids. Um, well, my, my, my kids have always been. My, I, I used to have a day off in the week. And the kids were with were with me, and I drove around to uh, the club shop, which was uh, by um, by the back of the uh, the clock end. And I went into the, the shirt and uh, went into the club to buy them both a shirt and I bought them the gold shirt. And what made me buy them the gold shirt rather than the home shirt was we had just been pipped in 2000 and 2003, the rivalry between Man United and so on. Uh, my brothers obviously are Man United fans. Um, I haven't mentioned that more than once. And um, it said in the shop window, 
this year, uh, this year we're playing for gold. And I thought, oh, got to buy that shirt. And that's why it's my favorite shirt. It just sticks with me. That's me done, boys. All right, Mike, you ready? I'm scared. (laughs) Uh, Don't don't be. Um, Let's start with the one that you said earlier, Arshavin. When I think Arshavin, I think of the commentator yelling his name as he slotted that ball into the back post against Barcelona. Yep. Oh, my God. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Inamoto. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. (laughs) Don't even get me started. (laughs) We still on about shirts. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Is is that your answer? Really? Yep. Okay. Um, That's not, no, no. Sorry, Stuart's inquiry. Don't get me started. Is not good enough. It is. It's not. I. Are you kidding? Like, what is there to say about him? That's like on no comment. <laughs> Basically, I mean, what what could you say about that guy? I mean, how many? Did he even play for the first team at all? I don't even think he made a performance. Yamoto did, didn't it? Was it Yamoto? Yeah, he did. Yamoto, he did. He did. He was, he, as well. he was on loan from Japan. He did, yeah. I don't think he ever played a first. Now, we bought him. We bought him when we saw... Yeah, he did. He played some games for us, and he he then played for Fulham. He probably played about I think, I think 25, are, 30 games for Fulham. I'm going to have you guys fact check this too. after the podcast, but I'm almost positive. Inamoto, I, I, Inamoto I, I, I was at Arsenal the, for I, one year, I want to say early 2000s, and he was on loan from a team in Japan, and he ended up going on loan to Fulham as well, where he did play. Okay, well, then put it in the comments. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll check it out. <laughs> Carry on. Okay, next one. Um, Maitland-Niles. I'm hopeful for him. I just think he's being wasted at the moment in positions that don't suit him. True. I agree. Um, Alan Smith. Alan Smith. Oh, man. Yes, sir. I really like Smudge. I, yeah, I was just going to say that. I like. I really like him. I follow him on Twitter, and um, I think he's a smart guy, and he, he surely left his mark at Arsenal for sure. Indeed. And the last one. <laughs> the <laughs> Arsenal board. Oh, man. You can't uh, use that word. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with disappointing. Mm. Safe. Yeah. Safe. Polite. Yeah. Very. I want to be. I want to be uh, neutral here and make sure that I don't offend anyone. <laughs> Fuck that. Just, just in case they're Sack listening. Stop. The oh, yeah. Just, just Cronky. Possibly. Stan Cronky. Nah, he's just sitting there counting his cash <laughs> while listening to us. Boys. It has been immense. Um, another good one. Uh, I know some of us are stuck for a bit of time. Um, look forward to next week. Can I ask you one final question? <laughs> what is it? What do you think of Tottenham? Shit. Mike, I didn't hear you. you got to say it louder. What do you think of shit? Tottenham. Thank you. Up the Arsenal.
thanks very much everyone for listening uh, make your comments in our Facebook page uh, Guns and Yellow Ribbons Twitter at Guns and Ribbons and email us on Guns info at Guns and Yellow Ribbons thanks very much Manny Mike and Fergus saying thank you bye